0: Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Welcome to the show, Brave Parents. Today, we have our third No Porn November episode. If you haven't listened to our last two definitely go back and listen as there is so much content to learn as well as actions to take as a parent. Today, we will be giving a sort of full explanation and dive into the world of sugar dating. As a reminder, you'll probably want to listen to this podcast on your own and not alongside your younger kiddos. While nothing is inherently explicit, it could certainly be confusing to young minds. Frankly. It's confusing to my adult mind. So there. (laughs) And without further ado, I am your host, Kelly Newcomb, and I am joined by my amazing co-host, Chelsea Heasel.
1: Aw, Kelly, it's great to be back. Um, It is, it's November. I got the allergies full on, (laughs) so I am just going to apologize now. It's true. It's true. It is November. It is. It is. But um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, this has been a hard month. All of these episodes um, have been just kind of, they've been rough because they have really heavy real life issues. Yeah. Um, And today's episode really isn't much different from that. Um, I really wish that, you know, what we're going to talk about, sugar dating, didn't exist um, and that we didn't need to talk about it. But uh, yeah, it's just another piece of rotten fruit produced from the pandemic as, gosh, women began selling themselves online for money. I mean, mm. we saw that mm-hmm. like it was the pandemic produced a lot of yeah awfulness, desperate
0: for money, desperate desperate for connection. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. But before we begin, I have a little uh, a little I don't know trivia thing. I'm not really sure for our listeners, but it's kind of like a mashup. What do you, Madame de Pompadour, Adolf Spreckles, Julia Roberts, flapper girls, and entrepreneurship all have to do with today's episode? Um, I don't even know all the things that you just said. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Say what?
0: Yeah. Uh, Julia Roberts. I heard that one. I know. Yeah, I knew you knew that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's really. Okay. So unfortunately, today it is a growing trend, sugar dating, um, that all parents need to be aware of. And it's actually kind of hard to describe this as a trend, to be honest. I think it's a trend to us because it's new, but honestly, it's been around for a long time. Um, that's what the little like Madame de Pompadour thing was. She was a mistress of King uh, Louis the Fifteenth, I believe. Ah, yeah, and um, he paid her an allowance for ah her company, old
0: school yes. sugar dating,
1: old school. Yeah, she ended up buying herself titles of nobility and for herself and all sorts of people. Um, yeah, so it's been around for a long time. Some call it the oldest profession in the world. But the term sugar daddy actually comes from Adolf Spreckles, who was an American candy maker. Spreckles. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But he married a woman named Alma, who was half his age. And then eventually, by 1926, it became a slang term for an older man who showers gifts and affections on younger women. So during the Flappers, the reign of the Flappers, you know, women were wearing those. Dresses that were not form-fitting, they were covering their hair, they Mm. were, you know, that female independence, that surge of female independence in the 1920s. So yeah, then the whole trend of sugar daddies and sugar babies rose through the flapper era. And that's how we put a name to a movement. Wow. Um, It's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, that is. I mean, but we can all see this for what it is, right? And it kind of makes us uncomfortable. At least it makes me, me uncomfortable uh, yeah. because we, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't call this sugar dating or sugar daddies. We called them mistresses. Mm-hmm. And that was uncomfortable. We all knew that was wrong. But yeah, we've normalized and sanitized this for what otherwise would be essentially illegal prostitution. And mm. and in order for it to be socially acceptable, we have to put a fun name on it. Because like in so many other na- ways, society renames something in order to make it more palatable for culture. Yeah. Like calling pedophiles minor attracted persons, Kel. I
0: Dude. mean,
1: that's like a whole other soapbox. Story. That's a tangent. <laughs> yeah, it, that's, it absolutely yeah. <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's define our terms. So there's a little history there. Um, so most online websites will define sugar dating as the mutual transaction dating practice where most typically an older, wealthier man pays a younger woman in need Of financial assistance for companionship, romance, or intimacy. The payment may come from cash, gifts, vacations, or other financial support. Wikipedia says that sugar dating, also called sugaring, is usually an ongoing relationship typically characterized by an older successful person and a younger person in need of financial assistance or mentoring, partaking in a mutually beneficial relationship. You know what this is, Chelsea? This is what you were alluding to with Julia Roberts. This is the storyline of the popular 1990 movie, Pretty Woman. If you remember, Julia Roberts' character started off as an actual prostitute, but because of Richard Gere's noble character, in the end, they were sugar dating. He was the sugar daddy paying for her nice clothes and meals, and she was the sugar baby providing him companionship to these business meetings. And because this was a fictional story, you know, it ended up with them falling in love and living happily ever after. <laughs> but that's a movie, right? So right. naturally, modern technologies, they're fueling this sugar dating phenomenon. Websites such as Seeking Arrangement, Secret Benefits, Ashley Madison, Sugar Daddy, and Rich Meets Beautiful have all seen explosive growth over the past several years. Right? Hello, pandemic. These. I know. <laughs> these websites allow for men and women to post their profiles similar to dating apps and websites and then facilitate the matching process. According to the to websites detailing this process, the matching starts with a conversation on the website and then moves to anonymous texting type app like WhatsApp, Snapchat, or something like that before it eventually results in a face-to-face meeting. At that point, negotiations are made whether the payment will be on a per-date basis or on a monthly retainer. In many cases, intimacy is also negotiated. Okay, now perhaps you, like us, are immediately thinking, this still sounds like prostitution. (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sugar babies and sugar daddies would beg to differ. Many reject their involvement is quote, sex work because the relationship is mutual. There is an arrangement made where both parties agree to the
1: terms of relationship. And thus, this makes this different than prostitution. Mm-mm. Dude, this still sounds like prostitution. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I wish they could see our video feed because I'm just shaking my head <laughs> like a crazy person over here, like, nope, I'm going to nope card that one. I, I mean, I think even the prostitute on the street and the, the buyer right. is still
0: a, a mutual. It's a mutual. It's still but mutual. Okay. Yeah. You can't. Okay. So, however, they go on to explain that where prostitution ends with the customer leaving after sex, sugar dating differs because sex acu- occurs in a mutual relationship where neither party leaves after. Okay, mm. so that is a little bit different. But <laughs> according to an article posted on August 3rd, 2022, on sugar titled, what is sugar dating? All you need to know about sugar relationships. They say, quote, their defense against, well, their defense of the, uh, against the claim of prostitution is quote, the main element of such kind of relationship because it's companionship. This is actually the most important thing that distinguishes sugar daddies dating from sex work. In that sugar relationship, the dates, the time they spend together, the support and conversations are equally and even more important than intimacy. Moreover, they say there is even platonic arrangements, which are rarer, however. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, now, I, Kel, I mean, I, okay. Okay. I think it's important that we know that, yes, sugar dating isn't necessarily pornography, which is where we've been spending a lot of our time this month. But it's so tightly woven together under the umbrella of sex work. That's what's not Mm -hmm. to say that that sugar daddy isn't asking her to perform and he's videotaping her, right? Right. Like we, we can't say that those types of arrangements don't exist within the sugar dating world. Pornography is absolutely depersonalized sex. And sugar dating, we would argue, I think, is less slightly depersonalized sex and slightly more personalized prostitution. But not, and it's just terrible. It's a terrible blend of both worlds. Exactly. I mean, that's what,
0: kind of what is. it is. It's just slightly more personalized prostitution. Right. right. I mean, they're, they're saying they're in a relationship, but there is still money involved. That's not the same as a marriage. That's not the same right. as dating. Um, so, and none of this, we have to realize, occurs in a vacuum. You know, all yeah. sugar dating, pornography, and sex work, they are intertwined just as the LGBTQ+, plus transgenderism, drag, all that. But again, I'm not going to get off into that tangent right now. But this is all, they all get tied together. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm really curious, Chelsea, you know, to know what our listeners are thinking as we read these definitions and claims from these pro-sugar dating sources.
1: I can already tell you that I've read through our notes, but even... Like while I kind of like look over them again, I'm still in shock, just over the really simplistic way that they're describing paid intimacy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, especially because the same article that we pulled these from goes on to list the reasons why a young woman chooses to sh- like have a sugar daddy. But let me let me look at those first, and they are first, it can solve her financial problems. Um, daddies often become their mentors. Uh, number three, they like more experienced men better. Number four, they enjoy great relationships without jealousy. Um, They don't have high expectations and other problems. And then the last one, they have enough time for self-development, hobbies, and careers. Uh, Now, okay, in regards to number one, the reason we just listed that it solves their financial problems, college tuition is actually the most prominent financial problem that a lot of these young Mm -hmm. women are facing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're having a huge nationwide discussion about that right, right now. Like, right, so there's there's some legitimacy sure, to a financial yeah. concern. Like, we can we can agree with that, especially with inflation and all these stuff. Yeah, that it absolutely. actually goes on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, okay. So, unfortunately, uh, well, according to Seeking Arrangement, the most popular dating site, they reported back in 2020 that there are more than three million sugar baby students in the U.S. They listed Arizona State University at the top of the list with 2,724 students. Indiana University is next with 1,540 students. And then New York University is third with 1,507 students. I actually thought those were interesting universities because I would have picked completely different cities or state schools do you know what i mean like i, I did not i
0: was shocked too um yeah I, that, that that really did surprise me new york university didn't really surprise me No. Um, but as someone from indiana i mean yeah that's what yeah iu is like my rival and so right. i would <laughs> i would consider that to be very similar to where i went to school at purdue and I, i'm like what
1: but again that was a long time ago i'm right i'm old so things have changed well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, these were pulled in, what, 2020? And so now it's 2000, almost 23, right? Yeah. And um, as we're going to discuss in a bit, the popularity, I mean, I don't even know if you can call it that. It's growing. Um, in fact, the founder of Sinking Arrangement encourages young women to use their .edu email addresses for a free upgrade when they commit to being a sugar baby. I mean, mm. uh, I... Yeah. Anyways... According to another article in 2020 um, by the website app.com titled NJ Students, New Jersey Students, Find Sugar Daddies to Pay Skyrocketing College Costs, they quote the website seeking arrangements saying, quote, meeting the right sugar daddy offers collegiate sugar babies access to expanded networking opportunities, mentorship, and financial benefits that come with building a relationship with someone established and successful, end quote. It's I'm sorry. It sounds like predation to me, to be quite honest. like <laughs> Those
0: are some smooth words, though. Yes. Like Seeking Arrangement has put out there this, they have just glorified this, this beautiful, <laughs> you know, who wouldn't buy into that type of marketing? You know, it reminds me of Proverbs, you know, and like Proverbs speaks of the harlot who seduces the naive with flattering words like honey dripping from the lips. But the sad reality is that end result. Listen to what Proverbs 7:21 to 23 states. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. Suddenly, he follows her like an ox goes to the slaughter. So he does not know it will cost him his life. So let me be clear in case you're lost in these pronouns of Proverbs. The she represents the harlot, the prostitute, the adulterous woman. This she Represents all sexual immorality and foolishness and even wickedness. This she represents those who don't treasure and apply wisdom to their life. Proverbs says, they know that person, that she, this, you know, falls for smooth words exactly like this website seeking arrangement is saying. Well, really, so much of us. I mean, there could be tons of marketing things, but here, I mean, like you said, this sounds like predation. This Mm -hmm. sounds (laughs) like Mm -hmm. we're just smooth-selling prostitution.
1: Absolutely. You're so right, Kelly. It, that's absolutely what it sounds like. But if okay, so now we're going to go to the pros and the cons of sugar dating that they also listed. So those were the reasons why we just listed a sugar baby would um, you know, seek out a sugar daddy. So let's just go to the pros and cons of the whole arrangement. So pros, both partners know what they want and they're okay with it. There's no room for jealousy, negative emotions, and failed expectations the relationship can be ended without heartbreaking experience and both partners have enough time for themselves okay so those are the pros <laughs> that they're listing and then the cons they say sugar dad or sugar babies usually meet a lot of salt and splendid daddies when they're looking for a sugar daddy kelly what's a what's a salt daddy um i
0: believe a salt daddy is someone who like pretends that they're rich on there but they're really not. So yeah. they're making profiles to try and get these girls, but they're not. They're, they're sort of the fake or the um, kind of false, if
1: you will. Gotcha. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. And Splenda, and I'm I don't know. i is like, like they're kind of fake. sweet, but
1: like a fake. Yeah. Okay. That's what I <laughs> I that's think what I imagine. They're, just, yeah.
0: they're just not like the the rich. They don't fit that, that perfect persona of the sugar daddy. You know, they gotcha. don't have as much money to offer. Like they want to offer you like $100, you know, for mm-hmm. sex. Whereas they want the very wealthy, like if you're going to be a sugar baby, I want thousands, I want my rent paid, I want shopping trips, I want luxury vacations, mm-hmm. and so if you don't meet that, you're kind of like a Linda. or gotcha. you're just a creep,
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, you're yeah, it's just yeah perversion, yeah, so another con is some people still confuse sugar dating with sex work, so it may be stigmatized mm, I just that's a shame, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's so hard not to be super sarcastic and tongue in cheek, but we're gonna yeah. we're gonna try. But okay, the last con is there is always a chance. Oh, I told you I wasn't gonna be sarcastic, but I, <laughs> I almost <laughs> have to be. There is always a chance that someone will fall in love. Mm, imagine Ooh. that. Imagine that when you're acting well, like you're in a relationship and you're having sex. Hmm. Pretend house
0: hmm. <laughs> now. <laughs> okay. I want to take a moment here and reflect on sugar dating pro number two. And that is, quote, there is no room for jealousy, negative emotions, and failed expectations. And I wanna look at that in light of an article from Glamour Magazine that just came out October 16th, 2022. And it was titled, The Romanticization of, quote, Sugar Baby Life on TikTok, is hiding a dangerous reality for young women. In this article, a young woman shares her experience after three years of sugar dating, and she says this, quote, the sugar daddies want you to see past their looks, pretend to be their girlfriend, and want them solely because they're so amazing making all this money. But honestly, it's a facade. Daddies can dress it up by saying they want a genuine connection to mentor you through life with their wisdom and wallet, show you the finer things of life, taking you to nice restaurants and bars, but the real driving force in all of this is sex. Another young sugar baby in the same article is quoted saying, quote, no one will give you anything for nothing. Now, Glamour tells us that this Eve is what they call her in the article, joined the sugar dating site seeking arrangement as a student to get some extra cash before she was quickly confronted with the realities of transactional relationships. Eve says, quote, sex is almost always brought up straight away, with most sugar daddies having no interest in anything else. Some of the stuff I was asked to do was pretty intense and kink related, definitely being far closer to full service sex work than the glamorous sugar dating lifestyle people are being sold on. Further on, Eve says, quote, the daddies think they own you. They see you as a product they've bought and can do anything they want with, Eve said, and sharing experiences of physical and sexual abuse at the hands of sugar daddies that have led her to being diagnosed with PTSD, she stated, quote, you feel like your consent no longer means anything because they've paid you. It's a kind of coercion. Before I even realized what was happening, my boundaries had been pushed, Eve admitted. I was doing sex work long before I realized I was a sex worker. Now, that sounds to me like there's a whole lot of negative emotions and expectations happening that are, you know, based on these women's experiences. Very much what contradicts what they claim the pros of sugar dating. You know, they say there's no room for negative emotions. I would say these girls have some negative emotions, whether they're fear, helplessness. Regret, emptiness, right? I mean, so is mm-hmm. it that there are just no negative emotions for men?
1: Uh, well, and it's not only that, they claim that there's no room for failed expectations. But to me, it sounds like the domination from the sugar daddy over mm. the sugar baby. I mean, he gets exactly what he expects because he's paying her, right? And there's no room for negotiation, no room to change your mind, no room to say no to any absurd, abusive, or humiliating request, which. Can I just think? I, I have to be fed on a diet of pornography. If he's asking her right. to do crazy, absurd sexual things, where's yeah. he? Where's he getting those ideas from? Yeah, right. She's, she said you know? it before she realized that her boundaries right had been right. pushed. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, I don't know that they can call this a pro for someone who's considering sugar dating. I mean, it's like what you said before, Kel. These websites are pumping out smooth words used to entice and. Ins- ensnare naive Mm, women. Yeah. I mean exactly. I mean, hearing these women's testimonies is it's eye-opening. It's sickening, especially since we just discussed in our first um uh first of three episodes on pornography. And this is like that violent um degradation of women that we talked about earlier in the pornography industry. If these sugar daddies are watching porn, which sadly I cannot imagine that they're not, and if they're stooping as low to pay a young woman you know, for companionship and sex, then I'm wondering if they're learning these sick and twisted versions of intimacy that they're forcing on the sugar babies to act out. I'm wondering where they're learning it from. Yeah. Learning it from. I mean, we, ha- we have to go there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But um, yeah, even more than that, I- <sighs> yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to imagine that a man posing as a sugar daddy could e- easily also be a trafficker who's luring women in. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's definitely probably a porn connection, but now we have to go even further to that next insidious step. He could absolutely be a trafficker. Yeah. Because these women are desperate. Right. Uh, Right? In another article that we found that we pulled out of the UK, it was posted on inews.com on October 11th, 2022, and it was titled, Sugar Dating is No Easy Way to Improve Your Finances. I've seen the murkier side of it. So the author, who was a former sugar baby and still openly admits to being a sex worker, says, quote, the biggest platform of this sort says sugar babies aren't paid. They're given gifts. If you want to be paid for your time, get a job. Still quoting her, she says, there's something eerily infantilized, how do I say that, Kel? Infantilizing? (laughs) Infantilizing, yeah. Infantilizing. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm saying it right. About this concept of gifting. Seeing men as providers and women as prizes is good old-fashioned object objectification. Dressing up partners like pets with all the trappings of success, but none of the means to fabricate it for themselves. It is an empowerment. End quote. I mean, Mm -hmm. in our super feminism feminist driven world where women want to feel, you know, powerful as men, I'd imagine that some young women enter into this feeling that they will be, but I don't know, this article that we just quoted, I mean, it just, it sounds like old fashioned, like objective, objectifying women. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. what it sounds like. It's not female empowerment. I mean, this is, no.
0: you're it literally establishing a power uh, dynamic with yeah. money. Yeah, um, It's, I mean, it's surrender to a powerful man. That's what these women mm-hmm. are doing. There's no power in saying, I need money, Mm -hmm. and so let me sell my body.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) He has the money he's paying for your services. Absolutely. I remember, or the owner of um, Seeking Arrangement, he pushes back against this, like, murkier side of dating, and he suggests at his Sugar Baby Summit, Mm. where he teaches them strategies um, behind, you know, living the sugar lifestyle, he says, and I quote, um, a sugar baby hoping to find a lasting arrangement with a good provider should withhold sex for as long as possible. End quote. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, he's pointing out the very horrid truth to this hor- whole ordeal is that sex is the only leverage a woman holds in a relationship like this. Mr. Wade, who also runs other websites like Open Minded, which is a site dedicated to ethical cheating. Have you ever heard those two words put together, Kelly? Ethical cheating? No. Okay. It doesn't exist. Makes, it doesn't exist. I thought so. I read so it in my he, Bible. Okay. That's been, oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Okay. So he continued to tell the girls at this summit, the moment you give sex, you've lost all your power, he said. So his opinion of women has got to be awfully low. And it seems to him like that's all we're good for. I saw, like, I
0: saw an interview with him. Um, there's an Australian 60 Minutes uh-huh. that you can find on YouTube. It's about like 30 minutes long or whatever. And he is interviewed. Uh-huh. And it haunted me because he's, you no, know, it's worth watching because it's really eye-opening. But he's uh-huh. he, he's something else, um, which you would have to be in order to have a website on, on ethical cheating and sugar dating. So. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the reality is, is we've already determined, you know, from these women's testimonies that it really is all about sex. He's saying, oh, withhold sex as long as possible because that's where your power is. But these girls' testimonies are saying, hey, I mean, that's all it's about. And, you know, we're not getting to, <laughs> to withhold sex mm-hmm. because, exactly, you know, they're going to move on to someone else. So we have already defined what sugar dating is according to the internet and what it looks like in reality. And we've read some of those personal accounts of sugar dating. So we know what we're dealing with. And I don't think we need to elaborate on how messed up this all really is. If mm-hmm. if you've listened to our last two podcasts, we've kind of walked through God's design for purity, morality, and sex. Go back and listen if you haven't. Mm-hmm. So we know why all of this is wrong. But right now, I'd like to turn towards an ancillary contributor to the sugar dating movement, and that is TikTok.
1: Is it, Ugh. Is it just me, or does it seem like every episode that we record is rooted somehow in tiktok like is it
0: just me (laughs) well it's either tiktok or twitter i I feel that's true but yeah
1: and tiktok yeah
0: but sadly sugar dating is deeply rooted in tiktok the glamour magazine article we had quoted earlier with a young woman's testimonies um, was again remember titled the romanticization of sugar baby life on tiktok is hiding a dangerous reality for young Women." Now, that article also states that the hashtag Sugar Baby has over 720 million views on the app, which we we already know has a very young demographic. Mm. Hashtag Sugar Dating, hashtag Sugar Baby Talk combined has over 1 billion views on TikTok. A quick scroll through the tag and Sugar Baby Life seems idyllic, full of creators, posting, Videos flaunting wads of cash, luxurious gifts, and first-class flight tickets, and gifted all, you know, by their sugar daddies. And they're adamant that there are no strings attached. They're painting it as a lifestyle full of perks with no drawbacks and not a glimpse of intimacy or sex work involved. And the comments are full of young girls sold on this lie, and they are asking, how they can sign up. Did you
1: hear
0: hear this? Like the comments are are full of young girls asking how they can get themselves a sugar daddy. And that reminds me when, so I was researching this article and um, my 16 year old daughter almost always asks, okay, what are you writing on? What are you, you know, what's your next podcast? So when I told her it was on sugar dating, she made a disgusted face and said that all the girls at the restaurant she works at make comments about how bad they want a sugar daddy.
1: Stop it. So this
0: is not like some (laughs) big city, you know, type thing. I mean, and let's be honest, like these, the comments, the comments that are made just in the average every day, like how great would it be to have a sugar daddy or comments made on TikTok to this, you know, the comments like these stem from desires and they don't, they don't come out of nowhere they come from social media. And you know, out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, scripture says. And what your heart meditates on comes out in your speech. So, unless you've seen and actually desired somewhere somehow to have a sugar daddy, you're not going to just be dropping in the middle of your work shift, "Oh, I would love a sugar daddy." <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't come out of nowhere. So, Um, You know, it comes from these TikTok creators and influencers posting videos and spreading lies for the sake of views, for the desire to become viral and famous, because why else are you trying to be a sugar baby influencer? I -mm. cannot think of any other purpose to be on there for this reason. And really, they're spreading this disease of, of wanting fame and money at the cost of selling their bodies for sex. Mm-hmm. Dude, like an ox lent to the slaughter. They do not know it will cost them their life.
1: Yes, absolutely. And for me, this begs the question: How is this allowed on TikTok? I mean, does this doesn't the content like violate community guidelines of sort, some kind? I, I mean, of course, we've established that as of right now, there's nothing quote like illegal about sugaring because of its like consensual companionship. That's right. right. It's
0: consensual companionship. It's not, it's not sex work, Joe. Interesting. It's, it's companionship.
1: I'm sorry. Hmm. It's, so, <laughs> it's so hard. Not. <laughs> I, it's so hard, you guys. I mean, and I know. Because these are these are real girls involved in this trade, like involved in this. These are image bearers really of God. Right. Absolutely. That are stuck in this lie. This huge, mm-hmm. big, ugly lie. Um, but interestingly enough, we checked out the TikTok community guidelines. Um, and they do not allow content that commits or promotes or glorifies sexual solicitation. They say that they don't allow that. But it's Glamour Magazine, who we quoted earlier, that states that they've reached out to TikTok for a comment on the content under hashtag sugar baby. And they stated the videos don't violate any community guidelines around sex work or solicitation. And Glamour says, quote, but that's exactly the issue. Presented as Wholly separate and superior with sugar babies being heralded as iconic on social media, like sex workers are still stigmatized. Mm-hmm. The new users of sites like seeking arrangements, they run the risk of being ill-informed about what they're getting themselves into, don't they? Yeah. Cause it is Young so Young girls the- are
0: yes. running to this because it's been it's been
1: um venerated and glamorized Absolutely. on these
0: platforms. Mm-hmm.
1: Even on Reddit, the um, the subreddit. Sugar Lifestyle Forum shares a similar concern where long-term sugar babies and sex workers worry that TikTokers claim that intimacy isn't involved and it gives a false sense of expectations that creates a danger of grooming a bunch of teenagers into sex work. Mm. That's exactly what it is, isn't Mm -hmm. it, Kelly? Like, remember Eve that we quoted from earlier or that you quoted from earlier in the Glamour magazine? Well, they quoted her saying this regarding TikTok. Eve worries that the promotion of the glamorized lifestyle on TikTok does nothing but lead more lambs to slaughter. Dude, when I read that, I was like, exactly. Does Eve even
0: know that it's a scripture that she quoted? I mean.
1: Right. <laughs> she, I, I,
0: I wondered. Yeah. I really want I mean, because lambs to the slaughter. This is like straight from Proverbs. You know, and I also on that note, I want to briefly mention an equally disturbing aspect um, the sugar dating videos on TikTok, um, Insider Magazine published an article on September 28th, 2022. So you can kind of see all of these articles all just kind of came out this fall.
1: It was it was really odd, wasn't it? That it all just kind of like dropped.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this is going on a little while, but it's just becoming bigger. Um, so this uh, Insider Magazine article titled, Sugar Babies Whose Daddies Die Are Often Seen as Gold Diggers. But the reality of losing a daddy can be excruciating. They say, quote, in one video the rapper and model Samel Jamis I think it may mm-hmm. be how you say her name, who has 336,000 TikTok followers, screams excitedly as she runs down the stairs of what appears to be a luxury apartment with a pool. And the caption reads, when your sugar daddy dies and leaves you the house. Wow. An- <laughs> Another video with over 700,000 views depicts the TikTok creator Priscilla Stephanie dancing happily with the caption quote, "When your sugar daddy finally dies with a heart attack from all the Mexican greasy cooking you've been feeding him." Ooh, oh. Now. Wow. <laughs> if wow. you're if you are not fully versed in TikTok, let me just explain how it works. It is an algorithm-driven app. It is like the computer is trained to learn everything it can about you and then use that information to decide what content you are going to want to see. Now, you can follow people and people can follow you, obviously, but the crux of the app is the For You page, which is an algorithm-driven feed based on the videos you've watched, rewatched, saved, shared, all that. Unlike a chronological feed, such as like Facebook, Instagram, where you see those you follow, TikTok, is all suggested content, which, according to research, this gives rise to extreme views. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a big thing, especially in the political arena um, today. Meaning, you can begin to see nothing but just a few types of content, and if that content is negative or dangerous, it has the potential. Um, it has the potential to make you begin to feel like that stuff is normal, because it just seems like everyone is doing this. this is all that I'm seeing. I think this is absolutely how young children, I really believe, get to the point where they're trying challenges like these TikTok challenges and end up seriously harming themselves, even killing themselves because they see it so much that they think that it's all normal and safe. I think that it's fair to say that uh, the intrigue and curiosity of sugar dating has led to much of its popularity in the app's algorithm machine. It's not hard you know for the average broke college student to find the fantasy of having someone pay your tuition and pay for your designer clothing to find that alluring right i mean you'd stop and you'd watch like oh what's mm-hmm. going on here how did this you know girl get all this stuff i think it's possible to have you know girls who probably truly need to pay their rent they're really struggling they're really trying to go to school and they like, think well i don't know this might be the only answer i have because you know i can't seem to make enough money doing a regular job. But I also think that there are girls who really desire TikTok fame. Yep. And if they can capitalize off the hashtag sugaring trend and become a quote influencer this way, then sugar dating is a means to their ends. But neither scenario is healthy at all for the woman. And I'm not just talking um, spiritual health. I mean, this absolutely affects your mental health, your physical health, especially if, these sugar daddies are expecting you to do sexual things that are
1: way more than you ever bargained for. Mm -hmm. I mean, that could absolutely be
0: abuse to your
1: body. Yep, yep. And keep in mind that some of what we've talked about over the past couple of weeks, first is the world doesn't have an objective truth on sex. And neither does TikTok's algorithms. I mean, there's no standard of morality Mm -hmm. in there. Like, there's none and if the content doesn't outright violate community guidelines then it's not going to be removed as much as some may want TikTok to apply a moral truth about sex work being wrong um it just it's not going to happen it generates too much money generates too much content generates too many views no it supports the platform absolutely not and the reality is that a global platform um as a global platform, TikTok's content moderators see this or see the absolute worst of the worst of humanity. Yeah. In an article titled, Behind TikTok's Boom, a legion of traumatized $10 a day content moderators, it states that those who moderate TikTok videos see everything, oh my goodness, see everything from murders to suicides to cannibalism to child sexual abuse and pornography on a regular basis paid ten dollars a day to do so yes ten dollars a day
0: it's sick yes
1: so if we weigh the hashtag sugaring on the scales of the violent, like the violent and vile content then it's easy to see how these posts just slip by but, with mm-hmm. all that said, everything that we've just said, the very fact that sugar dating lifestyle is so promoted, so venerated, and so validated on this platform, it should really give us pause before we allow our children on the app, yeah, notwithstanding the other vile content. but honestly, Cal, it really should give us pause about whether adults should be on this app. Should Christians be watching this? That's a guard your heart, yeah
0: right it's a It's a real struggle, um. I, I would I I would argue no. I don't think that it adds enough value, but um, I know that there are a lot of Christians who do really aim to use it. And I believe that if you are called to use it as a mission field, that is a calling. But I think the average everyday Christian, it, it, there's just too much. And you gotta think about what these moderators are not catching. And it's already out there before the moderators find it. Right. If you post something it just goes on there. It doesn't have to pass through moderators first. So that's the other thing you have to think about. When you have children on the app, is everything is on there, and then it's only when moderators find something that they actually take it off. So so at this point, I know you, like, kind of like us, you know, feel absolutely sick <laughs> about the state of the sexualized social media world that we live in. And I'd like to offer some perspective that has really at least helped me understand this cultural mov- moment that we live in. And in the book, "Strange New World." which we highly recommend, Carl Truman says this quote, the reason society thinks about sex the way that it does is the result of the confluence of a host of factors. The pill, meaning the birth control pill, made it cheap and easy to separate sex from procreation. In short, it made sex as recreation a far more practical option than it had been before. The advent of Playboy and then cosmopolitan and mainstream culture presented promiscuity as a cool, attractive lifestyle for men and women alike. The rise of no-fault divorce reduced mm-hmm. marriage to a sentimental bond. The rhetoric of feminism asserted women's control over their own bodies and sexuality. Mm-hmm. The internet massively expanded the accessibility of pornography. And as more people used it, the social stigma it traditionally carried was diminished. Mm -hmm. Soap operas operas and sitcoms, even commercials, presented sex as a cost-free pastime. The list goes on, but the picture is clear. A complex set of factors from philosophy to technology to pop culture shape the way we intuitively think about sex. Mm. So this didn't just happen. It didn't. This has just been growing and... And in that book, he even goes all the way back um, centuries of philosophical thought of explaining how this all kind of came to be. It's a really great book. But I'd also like to encourage our listeners with the foreknowledge of God that was spoken in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. But realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Mm -hmm. Avoid such men as these, for among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning but never able to come to the full knowledge of truth. You know, I'm not saying that this is the last days, <laughs> but recognizing that we are certainly closer to the last days than when Paul wrote this to Timothy. All of this was fully known by God. He is not shocked at the depravity of people's sinfulness and selfishness. So, therefore, neither should we, right? This should not weigh us down into a depression because God knew this is all part of what he has foreknown. And it is not surprising. There is nothing new under the sun, but we have a foundation that cannot be shaken. The cornerstone, Jesus Christ, whom
1: we know overcomes all of this upon his return. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And everything that we've talked about is is hard and heavy but if we can look at it through a biblical worldview it's going to be a lot easier to manage right and i think it's important to understand the mental process um around sex for those who are not saved who are not born again who are not christ followers so that you can effectively teach and guide your children in the opposite direction right timothy just told us avoid such men as these like avoid Mm -hmm. them don't go near them I'm gonna argue that maybe that whole don't go near them is a practical application of deleting the app. Don't mm-hmm. go near them. Get rid of it.
0: Right. We've um, said this
1: before. Yeah. I mean, when you absolutely you don't go anywhere near the harlot
0: street that she lives yeah. on. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. mean, you know, when you're in the harlot's arms, right, right?
1: That you then say, Oh, I should probably run away. No, you just don't go anywhere near you just her. To don't begin go. With. <laughs> you just don't sign up for the app. You don't do it. Um, but I love Nancy Piercy's book, Love Thy Body. Such a great book. Mm-hmm. Um Everyone should read it, but she explains it this way. The key to understanding the sexual ethic or the secular ethic, excuse me, is that it's based on a materialistic view of nature. It tells us our bodies are products of purposelessness, um, a moral Darwinian forces, and therefore they are morally neutral. The implication is that what we do with our bodies has no moral significance. The self is free to use the body any way it chooses without moral consequences.
0: Mm,
1: Hmm. mm -hmm. Mm. Now, similarly, Carl Truman writes, quote, the sexual revolution has brought us to a point where sexual acts in themselves are seen as having no intrinsic moral significance. It is the consent or not of those engaging in them that provides the moral framework, end quote. Mm. So, it's the feelings, it's the emotions. Is that what provides, I mean, I'm guessing that's what builds the framework for whether or not it's okay. I mean, the world sees the body as um, as, as separate from the soul. Women and children are told to lie that they can do whatever they want with their bodies and it's not going to affect their souls. It won't impact their hearts and their minds. And we all, whether Christian or not, know that this is an absolute lie. It does affect our souls. It affects our mental health. And if violence is involved, how could we deny that the physical body isn't Mm harmed? Even more, think about why sex with children is illegal in the United States. It's because they cannot consent. That's the only factor in the government's moral framework. Mm -hmm. So here we have sugar dating becoming normalized and promoted. Why? Because both parties have consented. And that's the key point, that we as parents must be taking this into consideration when we're teaching about God's sexual ethic to children, but especially girls. It is not about consent. It is about God's morality and design for sex to be within marriage. The body and the soul are united when it comes to sex. I love how one person said it, when you have sex, your body makes a promise whether or not you do. And this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.16, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her body? For it is said that two become one flesh. No amount of money, folks, no amount of money exchanged or Gucci purses is going (sighs) to stop this body promise from occurring no this is how god designed our bodies to unite it's intimate and it's deep and it's supposed to be if i understand this correctly kelly a deep intimacy is like a representation of what we're supposed to have with him like in heaven right that deep deep intimacy it's only that the hardening of the heart and the searing of our consciousness that this is dulled yeah but that's what's happening isn't it like Acknowledging how many red flags there are surrounding this dating practice, we really as succinctly as we can, we would like to detail several biblical issues to consider. Number one, first and foremost, sex is meant to be enjoyed by one man and one woman in marriage. No Christian can get around that. This is what the word of God says, and any excuse for sex outside of marriage is just a just is a justification for sin. Calling it mutual outside of marriage does not make it moral. Number two paid sex is illegal in every state except for a few counties in Nevada. We cannot pick and choose what paid sex um is moral and skirts the law and what paid sex is prosecuted. No. This is mm-hmm. a common grace yeah. to all people living in the United States who are under this protection. It protects them from being exploited. It is supposed to protect minors from being brought into the sex industry. It's another means to suppress the spread of STIs or crime. You guys, law and order is a common grace to humanity. It is an undeserved form of protection for every single person. And those counties in Nevada, they are wicked for not protecting their people. Again, this is just because sugar dating or just because sugar dating involves consent to a contractual agreement to be paid for sex does not make it okay. We cannot form a standard of truth or morality in something that God has deemed immoral. Number three, there are very real consequences and collateral damage with sugar dating and pornography. In fact, Covenant Eyes, which is the leading accountability program for people trying to be free from the enslavement of pornography, they note this statistic. 68% of divorce cases involved one party meeting a new lover over the internet. 68% of divorces.
0: divorces.
1: and. Prolonged exposure to pornography leads to diminished trust between intimate couples, belief that promiscuity is the natural state, and a lack of attraction to family and child raising. And I definitely encourage everyone to go listen to our pornography episode because we expound on almost all of those, don't Mm -hmm. we? Yeah. You know, but what immediately jumps out at me here is that
0: prolonged exposure to porn leads to a belief that promiscuity is the natural state. Mm-hmm. This is similar, I think, to what we're seeing on TikTok. What we see happening is that prolonged exposure to sugar dating videos, these glamorized pictures, and lifestyle begin to lead young girls to think that sugar dating is natural. Right. That getting paid for sex is natural. And I also want to make note we haven't really focused a lot on the damage um, that is done in regards to this, but when married men. Yes. Are engaging in this. When married men consume porn over a a prolonged period of time, this can be seen. We see decreased intimacy with their spouse, belief that adultery is natural, and we see that there is a disdain for the family that somehow holds them back from having fun. They begin to desire to live out the actions. One of the videos that we recommended in our first pornography episode, Raised on Porn, talks about this married man who was watching porn and literally was like, oh, I can't ask my wife to do that. She'll think that's weird. Yeah. Um, What?
1: Well, oh, I know. I'll just, I'll just hire a prostitute. Like without thinking. Yep. (laughs) He's just like, oh. It was like natural. It was like, oh, I just problem solved. To to hear him tell that testimony, I was like, what? Sorry. They, they desire to live these
0: actions out. And I personally know, Chelsea, I know you personally know, of a family Mm -hmm. who has been torn apart when you know, the 40-something father begins sugar dating an 18 or 19-year-old woman. And it's not about this man dating someone with a 20 to 30-year age gap. It's about infidelity in the marriage. It's about the trauma done to children when their parents divorce and their father leaves them. But sadly, like, this is the result of our postmodern thinking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about me. It's the modern self, right? This is what Carl Truman writes about in Strange New World. He describes the modern self as one uh, is one where authenticity is achieved by acting outwardly in accordance with one's inward feelings. Dude. So I feel something and therefore I must act it out. It is where someone says, I need a sugar daddy so I can pay off my credit card debt or I need a sugar baby because my wife is boring and won't try anything kinky. I feel this way, therefore I must act this way. It's about my needs and my desires being met. Who cares who's hurt in the process? Who cares about the long-term consequences? I want what I want and I want it now. And anyone who tells me that I can't have it is unloving and bigoted. I mean, I'm very passionate, it's right? true. And as we have explained so many times before, nothing goes from A to Z Without crossing through B and Y, B to Y. So if we just say like the worst case scenario of Z, quote Z, is a 50-year-old father and husband becoming a sugar daddy to a 19-year-old college girl and paying for her housing and clothes in exchange for sex and companionship while neglecting his wife and children, mm-hmm. if that's Z, if that's the end worst case scenario, then I can tell you that most likely pornography was consumed somewhere in the b to y yep because no one goes from a monogamous marital relationship to a sugar daddy overnight yep that absolutely. does not happen
1: yep absolutely and this is why we have to do something we have to do something about pornography it is so critically important your entire family has to live out a biblical worldview on sex with a hard and fast stand against porn mm-hmm. There is no other way around it. It is not innocent. It is not necessary. I please go back and listen to our pornography episode. Because I mean, we are on fire for this. Like we have <laughs> got to live out purity. It is an insidious,
0: right? um, dangerous thing that is that is really tearing apart the family structure. It is yes. sifting um God's people. And
1: yeah um, we want to yeah. we want to be able to stand through this fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just take this time to expand it with an understanding of scripture. Okay. Um, I want to look at Ephesians chapter four and in this part of the letter to Ephesians or to the, the, the church in Ephesus, Paul is encouraging them to live in unity and maturity as believers in Christ in a Gentile world. That means they're, they're Christians living in a secular world. So listen to this, um, in verse 17 of chapter four. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you learned about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind's and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Mm-hmm. Y'all, yeah. that is some good, good word. word right mm-hmm. there. See, this is why you and I can say that God's word is sufficient for all of life and godliness, because he told us, God told us that if we give ourselves over to these sexual desires, we will become desensitized. And this is exactly what science is telling us today about pornography. Yep. But God told us long ago in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, when one means of gratification no longer satisfies, a person has to give themselves over to, and I quote Paul, every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Whether that is escalating types of pornography or paying younger women for sex, it doesn't matter because they have lost all sensitivity. God also told us that we can be corrupted by deceitful desires, which means there is some kind of lie that we are believing to justify sinful behavior. I mean, Kelly and I could spend time, we could revisit each one of these whys or the pros of sugar dating, which we talked about earlier, and find that each one of them is either A, a full-blown lie that is incredibly suave, or B, is a lie wrapped up in some kind of half-truth. Remember, we talked about financial security. It was listed as a number one reason, right? But you guys, we have a providential God who literally provides for us. Let's talk about that with our kids. We have in Christianity a work ethic and we have commands on how we're supposed to treat others. We do not use them for their money or for our own gain. Or do you remember reason number two? Men become mentors. Well, I think that there is a longing built in to men. To lead, because they were created by God to be servant leaders of their families, but they've suppressed that truth, and they use what is deemed and what what God has created them to be, they use it for their own perversions. Mm, do, do you yeah. see what I mean? Absolutely. Like, that's a good word, yep, you're right. That's actually absolutely
0: what's happening mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if you guys I mean, I, I know that I'm not the only one. I know that Kelly's probably not the only one, but Satan is at work. He is trying to destroy objective moral truths of God, piece by piece. And if he isn't destroying the family structure through government legislations or by the elevation of pride and fame on social media platforms, he is absolutely destroying it through the lust of the flesh, the mm-hmm. lust that is rooted in our hearts. I would encourage you guys to go read Mark chapter seven, verses 20 through 23, when they ask Jesus, what corrupts a man? Where does it come mm-hmm. from? And Jesus says, it comes from our heart. I mean, we've got older men paying for sex from young, beautiful women it's glamorized prostitution. It's illegal. It's immoral, and it absolutely grieves, grieves mm. the heart of our Savior, yeah. grieves Him, and it should grieve ours too.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right, Chelsea. That was a great dive into of a, a view of Scripture of that. Thank you for that. And um, you know, I know that we're keeping everybody. You're on this podcast for a while. So we're going to start to wrap this up. But I know we have a big question, and that's what do we do now? <laughs> we know yeah. we have to do something. So what do we do? So we're going to suggest, number one, you just begin the conversation, not only with your friends, your coworkers. I mean, like this needs to be brought out and people have to recognize, uh, no, that's actually not OK. I don't care what you're seeing on social media. This is not normal. But we also need to teach our teenage daughters that there is a never a time when money is so tight that they need to sell themselves or become contractually involved with an older man. And we need to teach our young men that God has called them to be servant leaders for wives, for their wives, and for both, that God desires purity in their hearts so they can worship him through abstinence until he brings them into unity with a spouse. This is a standard of moral truth and goodness in his ways. And we need to talk about it. We need to talk about why. Why has he set it up that way? There is a practicality to his ways. Also, as parents, we cannot assume, although that won't happen to my daughter. No, 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 she would never do that. Because Satan does not count anyone ineligible from this deception. We are all sinners and saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, but we can all fall short. We all fall short and we fall into lies. And the lies of being desirable, making money, and achieving like high social status can, can tear down any one of our daughters. Also, I would encourage youth leaders, mentors, talk about this with students. Chances are they know someone, they've seen on social media, you know, they've seen these hashtags about sugar dating. Talk about it. They need positive mentorship and role modeling. Talk about God's design for marriage and sexuality. Talk about the power of purity. Yes, I mean, because in a a culture where everything is just sex, 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 if you really want to buck against culture and be a rebel, you go to purity.
1: Yep. (laughs) It's true. You know, you're you're just, Mm -hmm.
0: you know, the sheep being, you know, led astray. um, And if you want to be different, you rebel and stay pure. Um, And you probably are, right? It's just important to unravel these lies from the enemy um, to the students, to the young people who are maybe on social media or they're hearing it from friends. And also, married couples. This conversation may need to start with you first, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the reality is, is again, this is not happening in a vacuum. These aren't always single men, single older men uh, who are just looking for companionship because they're lonely. No, these are often married men. And so you do need to be on the same page about sexuality and accountability. Um, If you am in your church, if you're a small group leader, Maybe opening up the idea of accountability to the whole group. Um, maybe kind of start one of the accountability programs and just say maybe, hey, I know this is, you know, a big problem in the church and a purity. We just want to create a a group of accountability, maybe through covenant eyes or accountable to you, something like that. Um, again, you don't have to force anybody, but this is just something we need to bring to the table. Um, is hey, we're here if you need accountability. Um, it's very hard to admit this to someone. But if you can just begin the conversation, um, start praying about purity, start praying about maybe your small group members, your church, all of that. There's just a lot that we can do. We really need to be radical in our approach to purity and open and open about our struggles.
1: Yes, Kelly, those are such good ideas. I would even start accountability programs with a youth ministry as well. I mean, they all we all of us, all of us needs help and support. And we really need to be, um, as a family of God, watching these kids walk out purity with joy, like helping them. Because lust, it's just so incredibly destructive. And they can get to it, you know, these images and stuff, they can get to it so much quicker than we ever did. And I think we just need to be really so reminded that this does not stay contained. No, lust in the heart, it is going to bleed over into so many other areas in in our lives. I mean, Paul said to the, Said to the Thessalonians, excuse me, in his first letter in uh, chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, he said, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you knows how to control his own body in mm. holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God.
0: Amen and amen. Is yes. Yes, it is exactly that. Thank you, Chelsea. Um, that was awesome. And I I hope so much and we pray that this podcast has provided insight, insight to this crazy topic, this crazy topic that may or may not have even been on your radar. Um, but if your child has social media, chances are they certainly have heard of this topic. And as the world around us seems to have harder and harder hearts um towards purity, um towards women, towards moral truths. It can feel super discouraging, but we can truly rest in God knowing that there is nothing new under the sun. This does not surprise him. But as the apostle Peter says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Mm. That's in, um, I think, 1 Peter 5. Mm-hmm. Sober-minded and watchful. This is how we are to engage with the hyper-sexualized culture around us. Sober-minded and watchful. So again, thank you, Chelsea. Thank you all for tuning in um, to this podcast. And we're going to have links to these articles if you want to just read a little bit more. We're going to have those in the show notes as well. Again, truly hope and pray that this has been um, encouraging and insightful on this dark topic. And share it with your Christian friends, because the more this topic becomes less taboo, um, the more we can really just start spreading the moral truth about what this is and um, kind of debunk some of the insidious nature of it. One of our best defenses against the evils of this world is knowledge. And as brave parents, we need to network together to stand up for the sufficiency of God's word. Amen. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for listening. We have another No Porn November podcast coming up next week. So stay tuned. And until next time, go and be brave.